Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another Allison Sports Podcast series taping. I am Shane Wynn, and I am joined here today by Allie Wagner. And Allie, I'm going to give you an intro that includes all the highlights. <laughs> Former U.S. Women's National Team member, Collegiate National Champion, World Cup Team member 2003, 2004-2008 Olympian, Fox Sports lead match analyst, including that responsibility next week, beginning with the Women's World Cup, founding member and co-chair of Bay FC, which is the newest National Women's Soccer League expansion team in the Bay Area, and a historic one, and a client. Welcome, Allie. Thanks for having me. I, I feel tired just listening to that. I, oh, maybe <laughs> I should retire listening to that because it's been a long journey and, and hopefully much more to come. I had, I had to get as much in there as I could. So Yeah, thanks, Shane. <laughs> All right, let's get right into this. So World's, World Cup starts on the 20th in Australia and New Zealand. They're the, the, the co-host countries uh, for it. Uh, we are in expansion mode this time around. So we're coming in with 32 teams, right? So yep. eight groups. That means eight new teams are debuting in their first World Cup here. Uh, it's, uh, it's awesome to see, uh, more teams playing, uh, the, the field of competition, I think is even higher than it was, uh, in, in 2019. Uh, what's, what's your take on the expansion? Yeah. It, it, so first of all, you know, thanks for having me. And yeah, I would just say that, that this world cup is going to be the best one yet. And I've been, I've been, you know, quite honest about the fact that, when as we expand there is dilution of of competition to a certain extent and the competitive nature of some of the matches just won't be where we've seen it in the past but i will tell you this i actually think this go around it is going to be even more competitive than we saw in 2019 and and that's not just at the high end with the teams that could possibly go the distance and and lift the trophy in the end that's across the board so for a great example shane is just that vietnam is in the united states group and that team watching them they're this they're debutante but they're actually you know they're they're an interesting proposition for the united states and they're not going to be just a walkover can the u.s run the score up on them potentially yeah the way we saw against thailand you know four years ago but i also saw this group they move the ball well they're gonna pose a different challenge for the u.s and get into the weeds on that if you want but the the reality is that that the the lower teams the debutantes they are more prepared than they've ever been in the women's game so so the top end has accelerated and i think that level has improved but now you're also seeing the bottom end rise with it and i don't think that was the case four years ago it certainly wasn't the case eight years ago so it's great for the game it's great for the women's side um to have that development there and now that you know those players get to go reap the reward of that investment well, you, you threw out Vietnam. I will throw out Zambia to back you up on your point, right? Zambia recently did a little friendly fire with Germany and they beat them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's, it'll be interesting. So here's what I would tell you about warm up friendlies. Sometimes they're not reflective of, of the team that you're going to see in the World Cup. And a lot of players are looking to, you know, not get injured and they might not be playing their starting team if you're Germany in that situation. Um, but I would also tell you that Zambia is dangerous and, and they, I was watching a game the other day. I can't recall who they were playing, but they, they scored three goals on their opponent. It was a top opponent. 
So this team, Zambia is an interesting uh, prospect to just keep your eye on in this tournament, no doubt. They have a, a really pacey, strong front runner, uh, Barbara Branda. But, but the reality is Germany doesn't look as good as I thought they'd look as I've watched their friendlies coming into this World Cup. So is that final friendly that they had against Zambia reflective of what we're going to see in the tournament? That's yet to be seen. But I will tell you that the Euro performances that we saw that got them to the final against England – I don't think they're matching that level um, as they ramped up coming into this World Cup. Now, they could shock us. They could surprise us, put it all together. This is a federation that knows how to win. You know, besides the United States, they have the most World Cup uh, wins in their history of their program. So they, they have the pedigree to do it. They have the culture to do it. The question is, you know, is this group unified? Uh, how are they set up uh, to go about and attack this tournament? That, well, that's to be seen. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. I think that uh, overall, the field of play between the debutantes, as you call them, and yeah. uh, and the, the returning veterans is going to make for some really, really awesome television. And you're going to be directly in the mix on so much of that, uh, which is going to be great. Yes. I do want to mention Australia, which is one of the host countries here. They are being marked in what we call this year's group of death, uh, which should be interesting uh, for, for folks that don't know what a group of death uh, refers to. Maybe maybe enlighten us a little bit. Yeah. So a group of death is is the most competitive group um, uh, group of opponents. So you have in each of these groups, you have four teams. And that means that any given game, for the most part, you don't know who's going to come out on top or who's going to be victorious because they all sit at this really high level and they're all teams that could potentially go the distance in a tournament for, or at least, you know, push some of the top competitors um, to the brink throughout the, the course of those knockout phases. So, you know, one thing I will tell you about the group of death, though, is that iron sharpens iron and usually United States is in the group of death. It's been historical. The two World Cups I played in, we're in the group of death. I think in, in 2019, I believe the U.S. was in the group of death. I think in 2015, they were in the group of death. And and it it's actually sometimes a benefit. And so it'll be interesting to see how Australia handles it as a host nation because you you don't have time to ramp up in the tournament. You better be on it um, on game one, day one. And sometimes I think that actually gets a team uh, to a better place in the end than if they actually have a slow burn coming in. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I will tell you this, Shane, in, in relation to even just the debutante comment, I will be shocked if we don't see massive upsets in this tournament. I will be shocked. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Well, uh, you know, let's talk about the United States for just a second here. Uh, you know, they're not in the group of death uh, this time around, but in round two, they do hit the Netherlands for a 2019 rematch. Uh, yes. So that is a team to look out for. Um I would argue that in 2019, this Netherlands team that went to the final had the more fortuitous pathway to get to that place. I don't think they were the second best team in the tournament. So when that final, you know, came about, I think that was always the United States to lose. I will tell you this about this Netherlands squad. I think they're even better than they were in 2019. And I think their new manager, Yonker, has them set up uh, and playing the best I've ever seen them play. And that goes, um, you know, that includes the when they were playing for Serena Wegman, who is now in charge of England, who led them to the Euro title last year. So incredible manager. I think Yonker has his team playing even better. They're without their star, Vivian Miedema, but this is still a really um, interesting, uh, interesting matchup for the United States. They've got pace up front. 
and Berenstein, they, again, we'll see how they set up against the United States, but they utilize a wing back system. So they have maximum width on their field. They have one V one personalities. And I think they can cause the U S some, some serious trouble. They just beat Belgium five, nothing in their last uh, yeah. warm up heading in into the world cup. Again, I don't know how indicative that is of what performance is going to look like come world cup time, but I think they're a serious, um, threat to the U.S. in group stage and add to it that they're going to be playing in a part of New Zealand that has not the best weather. Apparently mm. it rains a lot and apparently it's very windy. So that rain could be hitting them sideways and in soccer and football. One of the great equalizers is less than perfect weather. So it, that second matchup in the group stage is going to be a fascinating one and probably will dictate who wins the group and ultimately has the easier pathway towards that final. Yeah, and the, I mean the USA, like you know, Mallory Swanson's out, right? Right. Uh, but you got Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe coming back for a fourth time. Um, right. Sophia Smith is debuting, right? It's a really interesting mix of veterans and 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 newbies, if you will. Yeah, it is, and I think that's been the beauty of the US team is there's always been that mix, and and so you've got that experience, you've got that I think that steady state of mind that hopefully permeates throughout you know, this squad that has some younger personalities. I mean, you look down the spine of the squad and there's going to be young faces. Um, and uh, particularly in the back line with, with like a Naomi Gurma at a center back position, I think, you know, Trinity Rodman might get a start. So we talk about Sophia Smith. She's obviously coming off an incredible NWSL season. Last year was the MVP. Yeah. This year already, you know, scoring, assisting. But Trinity Rodman is probably going to fill the shoes of Mallory Swanson, as you said, Shane. And she just had a brace in their last send-off game against Wales here in San Jose. So I think they're explosive. And I hope that I hope that, that young, fearless attitude comes out of those inexperienced players and that you also have just that steady state of, of calmness that permeates through the group with some of those veterans that, that are hitting, uh, and, I mean, incredible four World Cups. That's just remarkable. Yeah, well, good luck to the U.S. team. I mean, you just yeah. ripped through a lot of very specific uh, facts about a lot of different players. And I want to talk for a second about preparation, right? So you're coming in, lead match analyst for Fox Sports. You're going to be down there the entire time. Yeah. Talk about what it takes to prepare to be able to be in these live matches and call them the way that you do. Yeah, I, I think everyone does it differently. And I will tell you this. You know, full disclosure, hand up, I, I probably over-prepare for the most part as it relates to how other broadcasters come into games and tournaments. I, for me, I have to at least watch three matches of these teams that I'm going to call and and really go into the weeds on the different phases of the game. So you look at it from, you know, the build-up phase, the mid-attack, and then the final third attack. You know, how are they setting up? What's their structure like? What is a system they use versus a different system? Do they change that if they're playing an opponent that plays a different system? Um, and then defensively, same thing. How are they pressing? Where are they pressing? Where are they trying to win the ball? Um, and why? Like, more importantly, the why is, like, the most important thing you can learn as you pick up on these patterns that these teams are implementing in their style of play. And then, obviously, you get in the weeds, as you said, on um, on very specific players and their tendencies. Yeah. because. The greatest thing that, that hopefully we can share with the audience is, is some of those nuggets, those details that, that maybe you wouldn't catch the first time you've seen a player play. You wouldn't catch the second time, the third time. But by the fifth time you've seen them play mm -hmm. and you start to recognize that they have these tendencies 
um, you can start to share that with the audience and, and you can break apart like for, you know, their tendencies, if you will. And, and I think that helps elucidate like the overall picture, hopefully, um, more yeah. so and rather than just speaking to what you're seeing on the field directly. Is there anything that you know about being an analyst today that you didn't know when you first started doing this? So much. I mean, quite honestly, so much. I, it's funny you asked that. I was just talking about this yesterday. And what I, what I did initially when I got into broadcasting was very player-specific, very detail-oriented, because that's how the best manager that I played for in my career, he was my college coach, Jerry Smith, that's how he taught us the game, defaults, details. Um, defaults are, if you're not sure what to do, do this. Here's the detail that can make the difference in this moment. And so when I started to be a broadcaster, I started to speak about the game from that lens because that's what I knew. And then now as I've grown up through, through my experiences in this space, I'm at eight years now being involved as kind of that, you know, the voice, uh, you know, over a lot of these big matches. And I recognize the macro and, and how to analyze what is the team doing? Why is the team doing that? How is that highlighting the personalities? And really starting to look at things from a tactical perspective more than just the very specific um, details. So that shifted for me. And, and I think, you know, the other, the other aspect of, of what I've kind of learned through broadcasting is what it takes to be prepared for a game. Um, so that becomes that that came with practice and and understanding what was working, what wasn't, what was I missing? For instance, you know, if you hadn't watched a corner kick before from the squad, you wouldn't even know who they're targeting. Well, you better watch your corner kicks to know who they're typically targeting, so you can you know predict that for the audience. And so there's yeah. just a lot of learnings that that became elucidated throughout. I, th I would say the eight years that I've kind of been trying to hone in on my craft. Well, it's a, it's a great job, but it's not your only job. So you are also co-chair and a founding member of Bay FC, which I alluded to earlier is the latest National Women's Soccer League expansion team in the Bay Area. Congratulations on that. Uh, it, you just you. launched it back in the spring and, and really just the, the team name didn't even come out okay. until May, right? There we go. There Get some is. merch right there. Yeah. Tell us about that B. I, I, I know the story behind that B, but uh, maybe not everybody does. So, so this is maybe one of the most proud, you know, th uh, elements of this launch that, that we've I embarked on to date. I, so the B, a lot, there's a lot that go, went into this, the building of this brand, but for the most part, we, one of the things that we were really hyper-focused on was becoming a team for the whole Bay, the whole Bay area. And, and so that's why we actually landed on the name, the Bay, because we didn't want to just be for Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose, you name it. We want to bring all the unique communities together and, and, and grab a hold of that power um, of the collective and, and make sure that our team reflected what is so beautiful about our, the Bay Area, about Northern California. And that's the diversity. So, so it was really important to us to have the Bay as, as our team name. So it was inclusive in that regard. And then of course, one of the most iconic elements of the Bay Area is that Golden Gate Bridge. And so we grabbed a hold of that. That's what you see on this side. And then the fog coming in, the fog rolling out. And this was designed by a street designer or a, I would say a well-known streetwear designer, Benny Gold, um, who understands how to permeate culture, which was really important to us as well. So with the bridge idea, 
nine bridges, nine counties. Let's bring everyone together. We want to be that beacon for the community uh, that that really uh, celebrates, obviously, women's sports. But but you know, with with that, I would just say it's much greater vision than even just the Bay Area and bring it together. It's becoming a, a global brand, and and showing that a women's brand can stand shoulder to shoulder alongside the top men's brands, and and be in the same conversation. So become one of those iconic global brands um, and prove that that can be done in women's sports. So that was the the vision behind our club. Love it. And now Love it's it. a sprint to make sure that, that we're <laughs> ready to kick off in March of 2024. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, so we're, we're what between eight and nine months uh, out, you know, you've, you've hired a CEO now you've got a GM um, all that front office is starting to get built out. What should fans expect from Bay FC and, and, and expect to look for between now and uh, hitting that pitch for the first time next spring? Yeah, I mean, we, well, we've got to build a team. And when I say yeah. team, not just a staff, I mean, we literally have to build a team. We have zero players. So look for player announcements, free agency period, uh, internationally as right now. Um, so obviously trying to have some of those conversations, but then the NWSL free agency period will be after the championship game. So those are moments where we're going to be able to sign players. We also have the expansion draft in December, the college draft. So th- that's going to be, those are going to be the main levers we pull in order to build yeah. out our squad. Um, and and then we're going to continue to make big hires and prove that this is a best in class organization and not just, you know, a small soccer club. Um, again, with the B, that was part of the vision was, you know, we're we're not just a soccer club. We're so much more than that. Um, so I think, you know, those are the those are going to be some key moments. Jersey unveil will be another one. Um, but the reality is it's it comes showtime in March and in April. And that's where that's where I think, you know, the biggest excitement will really start to kick off and people can come and experience what the game day experience um, will feel like at the Bay packed house, you know, hopefully the most entertaining football you'll see on the field and the NWSL, you know, that's part of our vision is, is really to, to, to start to shift um, the way the game is played in, in the NWSL, but not doing it naively. You know, we're eyes wide open about what has been successful in the past. And so we have to navigate that carefully, but what we do in the Bay is we do things differently. So, so can we also try try to shift? Um, I would say the way that the game is played and and really reflect our society because the best clubs in the world on the pitch they reflect what is is the strong character of their communities. And part of that for us is not just diversity, but it's thinking differently, doing things differently, and taking risks. So I, I hope that that comes through in our style of play. Well, you're off to a great start, and uh, it's it's fantastic to see this explosive growth in 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 women's soccer in the United States. Um, I, I know there's already a lot of merch out on the streets, uh, yes. a lot of Bay FC merch that I've I've seen, and uh, I know season tickets are available, right, uh, for for purchase, and those are selling, which is awesome too. So. Um, congratulations yeah, you can, on you can getting put deposits down. No, you're right. Thank you, Shane. You can put deposits yeah. down right now um, yeah. for season tickets. And so that's massive. And, and obviously, as you said, with our merch, every few weeks, we're adding new merchandise to that online store. So we just launched our full store. Um, so it's been hot. I mean, one of the, the biggest items that people want is this letter jacket. That jacket. 
I mean, that is it. (laughs) Everyone wants it. You can't get it just yet, but stay tuned because um, at some point, at some point we may be able to share that. You're, 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 you're throwing some hype against the demand on that one. It's great. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, exactly. congratulations. Uh, have a, have a great time in, in New Zealand and Australia. Good luck with Thank all you. of that. It's going to be a super exciting, uh, women's world cup to watch. Hope everybody tunes in. Thanks for joining me, Allie Wagner. Talk to you all soon. Thanks Shane.